But with music, I'm, I'm not even remotely musical, so I could just fully appreciate it, you know? Right. So, like, watching that show, I, I mean, that was a, there's something about watching, like, a live show like that, watching some badass musicians get up and fuck around together like that. It's like, damn, like, this is, a, this is some, this is a very special feeling that you guys can put out there, you know? Very special party appreciation performance feeling. You know, that's an unusual vibe, man. The, the the vibe that you guys put out that night. That was fucking fun. It was a, a good time. We're back up? Yeah. No, it was a real good time, man. Yeah. I, that was totally... In fact, it was one of you, either you or Dana, that were like, yo, they're calling you. Because I was yeah. so drunk. I was yeah. just in my own conversation. Yeah, they were on stage calling like, you. like, yo, last. I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. And folks, yeah. when I tell you, he went up with no preparation. I mean, from walking up to the stage, you, you had a drink in your hand still. You know, like, what it's like? Yeah. Oh, let's do this yeah, shit. Yeah. So, you know, y'all ready? Y'all ready? And there was no warming up. You just went right into it and nailed it. That was beautiful, man. That was a real moment. I think the liquor helped everybody. Fuck yeah, it did. Yeah. And it did in a good way, man. There's something about liquor, man. Look, I know it accelerates the aging process. I know it's one step closer to the grave. But I swear to God, it makes the days a little more fun. Yeah, you know, you know it, what's that it makes, wrong with a whiskey it makes here and there, man? Nighttime experiences a lot more interesting. People get crazy. I have great stories. They can't tell me. Can't tell me. I don't have some awesome memories. You know, it's it's not all bad. And when you can perform like that, boom! And you think you could just say, "I think the liquor helped me," liquor and and the reefer, but that whatever the fuck helped you, that's a good thing. That has yeah, to be a good I thing. Ain't mad about it. Has to be a good thing. It's a, one of the art forms I can really truly appreciate. I think appreciate. it was the least I could have done. I, mean, I think the Hard Rock like flew me out there, put me <laughs> up. like Not even on the promise. I didn't sign no contract saying I get on stage. I was just there to go to the fight. They like when I'd stay there. They were they're always treat me like a king there. And that was the glory days of Vegas. And yeah, that was, you know, I haven't been in like since the baby's been born. Two years. Man. I got to go to a fight, but I'm Vegas. not going. Uh, I, I, I've been to one UFC on New Year's weekend. I think it was even on New Year's Eve. or the, No, it was on the 30th. Well, this weekend's going to be mobbed because it's New Year's weekend. It's yeah. Brock Lesnar versus Alistair Overeem. The way they shut so, the street down. Yeah. I just, it's, I've been, it's like New York Times Square. I've done it. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You know Chaos. I mean? Chaos. I, craziness. New Year's Eve for me is a night to just sit at the house yep. and chill and watch Dick Clark. Mm -hmm. You know, Does Dick Clark still rock it? He counts it down. Does yeah. he still? He still comes and counts so it down. Sad too. And he's had a stroke, right? Yeah, he could barely talk. It's really yeah, he hard gives to it a good, He gives it a good Hey, man. Why not? Why what not? is he like 109? How yeah. old is he? He's like 109. The joke was <laughs> the joke for the longest time. The joke was that Dick Clark was uh, like that he never aged. Yeah, and Dick then all Clark of a sudden was the he devil. aged. That's what it, we. Yeah, yeah. He is the devil. Dick Clark is the devil. He created the bloopers and practical jokes. Did he? I think he created America's funniest home videos yeah. too. If he's I'm not original. mistaken, he's original. That dude got money, yeah. and he's still working. Paper. Isn't it amazing? Still working. Him and Merv go to Vegas. Can Probably you imagine that party. Just bitches all <laughs> over the place. But Merv Griffin didn't like bitches. No. Right? I don't know. Pretty sure he didn't. Like Shit, he more for Dick. Yeah, I think he like. <laughs> I think he was more of attracted to the gentleman. You know. They just went to, had a goddamn crazy wild orgy back yeah. in the day. You could get away with some shit back then. Yeah. No TMZ. You know, some real, like, Hogan's Heroes shit, right? <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> Autofocus? I actually saw the first half of it just the other night. I didn't finish watching it, that though, but it intrigued me enough that I, I had to go or something. And like, But it was on. I was like, man, this is... I was like, I, at first, I didn't know. I just... It was on. I didn't even know it was about dude from Hogan's Heroes. You yeah. know, I was like... 
what is this? Craig Kinnear's kind of, this is weird. It's and then I was like, I caught on. I was like, oh, it's the Hogan's Heroes guy. <laughs> I was like, he went out crazy. Yeah, it's a wild movie, man. I don't think they ever solved his murder either. I think his murder is still up for investigation. They think it was the guy that he was buddy-buddy with, but they couldn't prove the it. William Defoe guy? Yeah, the William Defoe guy. They think it, that's what they insinuated in the movie, right? I, I might be I talking didn't see the back ass. half. I Brian, go- Google that. Find out if they ever found out his killer. What the hell was his real name? Bob something. Bob. Uh, Crane? Bob Crane. Yes, you're right. Bob. Bang. Yeah, that was a weird movie, man. The movie just, he just, whole boy just got obsessed with making his own porn. Yeah. Him and his buddy would just make porn every night. They just got obsessed with, like, having orgies and making porn. You know, and then it went all wrong when the dude grabbed his ass in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see. I didn't catch up to that part. There's always one dude who has to take shit too far. Wow, we got a good the thing, thing dude. good thing going. We're all boning in the same room together. Just, hey man, somebody could get murdered behind that. That's dude. that's exactly what probably happened. You know? Bob Crane's murder now ruled suicide from March fourth, two thousand eleven. It said not ruled. Now ruled. What? I thought he was bludgeoned to death. No, I don't think he was bludgeoned to death. Well, I thought it was. Wasn't was that autoerotic? No, that was, was David uh, Carradine, Carradine and the NXS dude. <laughs> 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 How messed up is that, dude? You're not the kung fu guy no more, man. No, you're not him, not. dude. You're that guy that died in the closet, now. jerking off with a wet suit. Like, on. wow, dude. <laughs> wow, man. That's just wow. It says murder may have been gruesome, drawn out suicide. What? That sounds like somebody paid somebody off. They thought it was murder for years. They thought he was bludgeoned to death. I'm pretty sure. Why don't you look up Bob Crane cause of death? Because I'm pretty sure Homeboy was like bludgeoned to death. I mean, didn't they insinuate that in the movie? Did the movie take some Oliver Stone-like leaps of faith? I'm sure it might have. That was made before 2011. I had to explain to somebody that was talking to me about uh, Oliver Stone. uh, You know, they were talking to me about uh, that JFK movie, which I loved. It was a great movie and a fascinating movie. With a movie. But I was talking to a guy, and I was like, it was a good movie, but it's not necessarily the truth. And he goes, oh, yes, it is. And I go, no, no, you know that old general that gives him all the information, Donald Sutherland? That guy didn't really exist. Yeah, he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. He's not a real dude. So you got it. It's a movie now. Now who knows what the fuck is going on? This guy just, like, he just threw some serious liberal agenda in there. <laughs> <laughs> we need a guy. We need a hero. We need a guy that stands up for a truth. A deep throat character. Yeah. We need one of these. I had this dude on yesterday. His name is Michael Rupert, and he's a uh, guy who was a LAPD narcotics investigator, caught the CIA selling heroin in the hood, and went public with it. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're you talking, about. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in doc- a few, few different like films. Dude, he was fucking my head up yesterday, man. That's a yeah. guy who really did do that. He's a guy who really was a good cop yeah. who stood up and said, "Fuck this. This is a. This is not what we're supposed to be doing." Serpicoded. Yeah, man. he serpicoted and somehow stayed alive. That's crazy. I wish yeah. you would have been able to see his face when I asked about Tupac because it was kind of weird. You know, I got an email. <laughs> I sent you an email. Um, I forwarded you an email. A guy got upset at the photo that you used for uh, the web page. For like, you, you know, you, you froze like an image. Right. Is that randomly created? Or do you yeah, create I just that? pretty much go, oh, he's laughing here. Well, he, was, he had a good rant. And I looked at the picture. I'm like, why is everybody, is everybody getting more fucking sensitive? It seems like people are getting more entitled. They want more apologies. They want, you'd well, accept dude, when you were What's young. the picture? I don't even know. When you were young. Enough? It's not you, bad at all. He's ranting. You couldn't pick up a device 
and tell Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, you suck balls, man. You didn't sign my record. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, they missed out on all the negativity. You know, what I'm saying is, like, I, it's just crazy. Like, I have a hard time dealing with a lot of the whole technology, man. Like I said, I just, because it's like, wow, man, people really wild out. I mean, for every beautiful, I mean, I get a lot of nice stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's weird how, like, sometimes that one thing, that it could be one thing in a week. Like, you yeah. get one bad little thing, and you're like, oh, you mm -hmm. motherfucking fuck. And they come after you, you know, and they don't understand that sometimes, you know, you're just throwing shit out there. Sometimes you're just throwing shit out there. You got an idea, and you fucking tweet this. I actually got it pretty there. good, probably, compared to you. I've never looked at your timeline, <laughs> like, your, your, your mentions. I Man, just, like, people are usually really friendly to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, for one, Every once in a while, like, a 14-year-old wakes up and discovers that battle I had with Eminem and decides <laughs> to write me a message of how much I suck. And, yeah, you know, I'm the, you know. You're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> Little cowards who want to jump in on the fight and I don't get their care. shots in. It's funny in. to me. It's cool. Man. I'm sure but it is. It's like, that's what I'm like, man. And if I could have wrote something to like somebody like famous, it's like, I don't know. It would, it would have just have been like, you suck ass. Yeah, what would you have done when you were I mean, 14? at least be funny, man. Right. Like, I used to have a thing. I used to go to, I went to like, when the Staples Center opened up, me and B-Real from Cypress Hill, we both had season tickets the first three championship years. I went every single game, man. And we sat pretty close to the floor. And I became kind of well-known for being, you know, a bit of a heckler because I would get the player's attention. And it was always like because, like, I tried to say something funny or stupid or clever. Right. I never was like, you suck and your right. mom's a whore. You know, because right. there was, like, already a 1,000 guys that they learned to tune out. Right, right, like, I remember right. the first time I ever got a guy was, it was Grant Hill. He was on the free throw line, and something <laughs> had happened to his eye in the game where he had a Band-Aid on the eye. And it was, like, just peeling a little bit off. And right as he was about to take his shot, I yelled, Grant, fix your Band-Aid. <laughs> and he like, I can see him giggle, and he, and he misses ah, the shot, right? That's hilarious. And Shaq turns around, looks over, and he's like laughing. You know, he's giggling. I was just, so I learned from that day on. It was like, oh, you got to say something funny. If yeah. you say something funny to these dudes, Dude, I went you'll to, get them every time. I went to the fights at the New Orleans once. You ever go to New Orleans in Vegas? A smaller casino. Yeah. They have like, yeah, you yeah. Know, less known fights there. I went with Doug Stanhope. And me and Stanhope are getting hammered. And as we're getting hammered, Stanhope starts yelling at the boxers. We're in the undercard. And the undercard of a boxing match is very different than the undercard of a UFC match. You don't hear shit. You hear a few conversations in the audience, but it's really generally fairly quiet the first couple fights of the night. So while these guys are fucking duking it out in the front, we're in like the second or third row. Stanhope's going, hold him down and fuck his face. It'll destroy his confidence. He's yelling every 10 seconds. He has a new one. Wait till the end of the round and throw your hands up in the air and say, you've been punked. <laughs> like, he, he, he kept like every 10 seconds, he would come up with some new heckle. And we were just laughing. I'm like, these poor fucks, they have to fight in a championship fight while someone's yelling like the most ridiculous shit. They have to be hearing this. There's no way they're not hearing this. I wish they would let that in tennis. That would be hilarious. Oh, it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, why does tennis get to be the same thing with pool and golf? Because they're emotional. Yeah, when you're playing pool, man, you know, professional pool matches, if you're talking on the sidelines, they'll fucking yeah, kill you. I, there's not, you know, pool tables aren't, like, you know, in bars all around the world. You know, people don't learn how to play pool. With they do, but you, there's a big difference between bar table pool and professional pool that's played for, like, big money. When those guys play, those guys don't want any talking. Those guys don't fuck around. Those guys are killers. You know, they just, they just want to run out. They don't want to hear you chewing your gum. They don't want to hear you making your text messages with your fucking clicker on. But they want their prize money that comes from the cat paying to get in the door. They do. <laughs> they do. It's, a, it's an enigma. They want to be treated like golfers do, <clears throat> but there's no money in it, unfortunately.
It's a weird thing because a lot of people play pool. This is really hard to make a living as a professional pool player. It's pool to me is like an art form that only the people who play it can appreciate. Yeah, I'm going pro on the dart circuit soon. <coughs> Darts yeah. are badass yeah. too. Something about controlling anything, whether it's playing pool darts. or darts or fucking even, you know, what's that game? The fucking shuttle thing with a foosball? Foosball, yeah. That thing. Even that. I, I mean, there's something about controlling things, you know? Yeah. We can get very easily addicted to distractions of controlling things. Darts are fun. Darts are fun. I like so going to other things. countries. Like, uh, you go to Canada and automatically I'm a, I'm a uh, curling fan. You know, you put on the TV. <laughs> go to England and I'll find, like, a darts match to watch. On TV, like network TV. I caught myself watching curling. I was in, like, Nova Scotia. Watching people curling on TV. It's a great sport, man. I wouldn't go that far, but it's fascinating that people are still exactly. considering it's it. It's good TV. It is. When there's no other TV to be had, it's it good TV. It is kind of interesting. You know, they're trying to put that thing perfectly. The idea of controlling something with just the right amount of push, you know. It's really the same thing with pool. It's just the right amount of push to get the next ball in the perfect position. Yeah, there's a weird thing that people have with wanting to control their environment. This is all just symptomatic of our inability to control our own lives, and we know that it's all going to end. You know, we want to control other things around us. We want to fucking Rubik's Cube in 13 seconds. You know, we want to... We want to control as much as we can around us. Right. Video games, shit. I don't want to control anything, man. What do you want to do ever last from the House of Pain? <laughs> <laughs> just in case any of y'all needed a, the pedigree. I don't know, man. I just want to uh, make music, you know, smoke an occasional joint and You're have lucky. a little whiskey, hug my daughter. You got a, a, an awesome life. You got a, an awesome way to make a living, you know, and yeah. figure out a way to express yourself for a living. To be honest, dude, I, I'm lucky in the sense that if I didn't, if I didn't want to live any kind of uh, extravagant life, which I really do because I'm, I'm just kind of a flamboyant dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you, uh, would you consider yourself a baller? No. If somebody no. ever asks you, though? No, no, no. no? I'm, I'm trying to be a saver. A saver. Trying, <laughs> trying. Trying. I went from just all out spending. I would just whatever I made before I got married and had a kid. Whatever yeah. I made, I spent. I know what you mean. Just never thought twice about it. Yeah, that's the recklessness of bachelorhood with money. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I thank God every day because that jump around songs like Louie Louie, man, that motherfucker's yeah. never going away. <laughs> never dog. going away. That's yeah. never going away, dog. I used to love it when Marcus Davis was in the UFC because I knew I was going to get to hear it. You know, I gave I, you a bunch of shout outs while I was I playing. I know, I'm always watching too. I would usually text you if, if the number hadn't changed that week. <laughs> yeah, he was mad at me. He thought that I was. No, I sent you text. a text. I'll tell the story. I, t I, was sent <laughs> I, I was sitting there baked watching one of the UFCs. It was like maybe two ago. And, and, and I, I was like, man, yo, man, Joe's. I, you know, because I watch Strike Force. I watch a bunch of the other stuff. And I'm not putting anybody down, dude. But I, I can't stand any commentator. Most of it, I don't listen to the commentators. I like will turn it down and just kind of watch and have some music going or something else, and because usually I got some peoples around and we're, we'll talk our own shit. But we listen to Joe Rogan like call a fight. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you. I don't you, even li you know I don't even listen to most box like you know if you ain't Jim Lampley I ain't fucking with you calling a boxing match on that kind of thing. So I was just so high. I texted you. I was like, man, you a bad motherfucker, dude. Like, and I think one of your <laughs> specials was, had just been on and I, we were laughing about that. Shit. I was like, you a funny motherfucker. And you're going to be like the chick her in the MMA. It's like, you're going to go down into history. And I was like, and I just sent it and didn't even think twice. Next day I woke up. I was even kind of like, oh man, I was so high. Look what I said. <laughs> I 
was like, I just sent Joe this, sent Joe this sloppy ass like, send him a tampon, like ass kissing like compliment. I was like, but that motherfucker didn't even say thanks, man. He didn't even say thank you, man. I was like, whatever, dude. And then they were like, yo, you got my new number, man. That's, uh, that's hilarious. That was funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. I hate that though. Well, at least I got you quick enough. In I got you know in a, a wall of contact. How many I, I days? I made it. I made it in, inside. Probably, like I said, within one one fight cycle. <laughs> <laughs> couple, within a couple of weeks. So there was a good week that you were just like, fuck motherfucker, Joe fuck Joe, <laughs> but like, asshole, God damn, man, insensitive I mean, bitch. Trust you with my love and friendship. Yeah, man, I give you love like that. Yeah. I I agree, man. If someone sent me, you don't even blush a little bit, man. You're, you're, you're like writing a song about it. <laughs> I've ran into people that told me they wrote me incredible emails. And I'm like, I'm, I might not have got it, man. I'm so sorry. Shit, shit slips by. It's like I called him the chick her in the MMA, oh, man. I texted my Damn. name. Isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, I said earlier what, uh, what Anthony Bourdain said to me. And that's one of the things that I was thinking when I was hanging out with you in Vegas. I was like, what, how cool is this? I'm here smoking weed in a club with Everlast from the fucking House of Pain. Is that one of the coolest things about being famous? That you just get to hang out oh, with yeah, a bunch dude. of other cool you famous know, people. When cats come up to you that you like wanted to meet, that yeah. wanted to meet you first, is like that's that's exciting. Like you know, you know you'd be like, yeah. oh man. Like I remember, we like first time I went to the Grammys for House of Pain. We were sitting there, we were just jazzed to be in the room and whatever, and we get tapped on the shoulder and we turn around and it's. All the, except for Bono, the rest of you too, like the Edge. Just I guess you oh, know, and Bono shit. was off doing some stuff, but they communicated to us like, "Yo, we're huge fans. We love him." We were like, "You're fucking you too, man." Wow, that's, crazy. that's nutty. That's man. fucking crazy. That's crazy, man. Whew. So you know that happened. That kind of shit is mad cool. You know what I mean? The, but like me, for me, it was like I was you know I got yeah, the fights were always kind of that for me when like you know one of the fighters would come up and be like, "Yo, I love your music." Like, that is amazing because that's the, something I get to fanboy out on a little bit. You know, like how many the, other guys came out to your shit besides Marcus? Because I know other guys come out oh, to it too, I, right? I don't know a few, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, how come on? That's a great get fired up for a fucking battle. You song. know, I have other like a group, Lacoga Nostra. Nick Diaz came out to one of them songs when he came out for Pride for that fight with uh uh what was the dude he beat up to beat him up to gomi yeah yeah came Woo. out to like a glucoca song it was kind of dope and you know his brother is his brother fuck gomi up as yeah. bad as nick diaz fuck gomi yeah. up nick diaz and gomi were in a battle that nick diaz won yeah nick, nick diaz fuck gomi yeah. up we had the inside line on Woo. that too you know them damn, damn. I love the Diaz brothers. Nate Diaz man. is on a new level right now. He's fighting, you know, he's fighting Donald Cerrone this weekend. That's gonna be a good fight. Woo! Are you yeah, fucking kidding me? Fight. Are you kidding me? That's What's the co-main event. So is, is, to me. Is, is Nick and GSP gonna get in the ring? Or? Well, GSP just had serious ACL reconstruction surgery, yeah. and he had the one. I had both different kinds of surgery, and I'm very surprised that he elected to get the uh, patella tendon graft. Which is, uh, from what I understand, is not the best move because it can compromise the patella tendon because it takes a third away or the patella. There's, two, there's a bunch of different ways to do it with the ACL. ACL is a real common injury. They can either take the hamstring, they take a big chunk of meat, and they reconstruct the ACL, right. which they have done before, and it has been successful. But that takes a long amount of rehab. Right. Or they use a cadaver. The cadaver is they have an Achilles tendon, which is a big, thick tendon, much bigger and thicker. And they stick that in, and it serves as a platform for your body, sort of scaffolding for your body to create new cells on it. So there's a couple different ways. And he went one of the ways it takes the longest time to rehab. The patella tendon graft, some people swear by it. Some, my doctor didn't. My doctor said that it compromises the front of the knee, that you can get you know, a better effect with the, um, the uh, cadaver graft. 
And I've had both done, and the one that I had with the cadaver graft healed much quicker. It was much easier, much less invasive. I was back to normal quicker. Everything about it was quicker. So I think he's in for a long rehab. So GSP, I think, is in for at least at least a nine-month rehab, and that's being conservative. He really probably should last 10 or maybe even a year. A year is a, is a, a smart, calculated move because he doesn't need money. You know, he's a, he's a young man. It would be good They're going to let him up. hold the belt that long? No, they will not. They're yeah. going to have an interim championship on February 4th. That's where shit gets hairy because GSP um, has to sit on the sidelines with a fucked up knee while Carlos Condit and Nick Diaz are going to war. That's going to be chaos. That's yeah. five rounds for the interim title. So all that time, GSP has to fight with the demons of pushing it too fast because a lot of guys, when they get that ACL surgery, they fuck around. They feel good, so they start rolling real early. Like Ed uh, Short Fuse Herman was one of the most recent ones. He got his ACL done. He starts uh, you know, rehabbing, and he's feeling pretty good, so he takes jiu-jitsu class or takes kickboxing class, whatever he was doing. Pop! It goes out again. Now you've got to go through surgery again and go through the whole goddamn process. That's crazy. And he came through it, and he got out of the woods, but it's a 16-month process now. Now you're dealing with you know, another 10 months on top of that. So, he's, so whenever George and Nick Diaz get it on, who the fuck knows now? Now, now it's a matter of how, how smart does GSP play out the surgery? How much damage was there really? What about soft tissue? The soft tissue can make it difficult for him to shoot and might make shit swell up. Soft tissue is a lot of times the bigger issue than the actual ligaments themselves because they can replace the ligaments. They don't really re replace soft tissue. It becomes like a real irritating problem. They even use like fake pads. They put fake pads inside of knees now, like synthetic pads. You know, a lot of dudes have fucked their knees up, man. I have to see that fight, though. Oh, fuck yeah, you have to. That's chaos, man. You know, the, the real question is, GSP is like this fucking goddamn super athlete, you know? GSP is like, you know, like one of the best athletes that we've ever seen in the UFC as far as, like, explosion, the ability to keep up a certain pace and pound guys and take guys down and implement his own game plan. But Nick, Nick Diaz has got the craziest fucking cardio the MMA world has ever seen. This that dude swam. A, that a tough cat, He's dog. tough as shit. Bro, he swam from Alcatraz twice. For fun. Just shut the fuck up and sit <laughs> down. You ain't willing to swim from Alcatraz twice. You, you, people don't even understand the amount of confidence that guy must have in his wind. In comparison to anybody else. Right. So he will just, he'll take you on a race that you can't complete. He'll go, okay, we're just going to run nine miles an hour and see how long you can do this for. Because I could do it for a day. Right. You know, he could do it for a day. Crazy, he could run man. hills all day, then get on a bike and ride for a couple hours, and then get in the ocean, swim. And that cardio that he has worked diligently to build up has become like an extra weapon that a lot of people don't recognize. But you see it in his fights, man. He, he takes dudes into these crazy battles. He talks shit to them. He gets them all emotional. And then by five minutes, they're fucking done. Yeah. They don't want, and he's just warming up. Yeah. He's just warming up. He's like, what, bitch? What, bitch? You know, he's like in their face popping shots yeah. on them, hitting them 50%, and they can't stop it. And it's the most infuriating thing to them. You watch guys, like, implode mentally. Yep. And a big weapon that he's using is that crazy cardio. He's got some next-level cardio. That's what I tell people. He swam Alcatraz for Twice. fun. Twice. For fun. <laughs> for fun. <laughs> that's not even for training. That was for fun. And you know what? That's the place where you really have to worry about great whites. That's where they fucking breed. Oh, yeah. They breed up there. 
Like, pe- that's a real issue. Like, there's a lot of great also whites. some of the cold. It's like. Cold as it's, fuck. Uh, it's some of the coldest water you can get in in, in North America. It's coming down from Alaska, man. Yeah. It's cold as fuck. It's freezing. That's funny. And he's a bad motherfucker, dude. He's, he's tough. There's a level of toughness that that guy has that very few human beings will ever achieve. There's a level of just sheer toughness that you don't understand. You don't understand until you experience it, especially until you watch it live. You know, when I watched him fight BJ Penn live, you know, you get a I mean, I've seen Nick fight. I've called a bunch of his fights in the mm-hmm. previous, his previous career in the UFC. But to watch him, like, he's, first of all, he's not even fucking 30 yet. Okay, so he's not mm. even in his prime yet. But I watched that performance that he put on against BJ Penn. I'm like, no, nobody ever dragged BJ Penn around like this before. No. Not standing up. You know, dudes have taken him down and held on to him like GSP and beat him up. Yeah. You know, that's what GSP did. But this is not what Nick Diaz did. Nick Diaz kept him up and beat him up. And nobody ever did that yeah. before. Just wore him out. That was a tough fight because I, I was a fan. I'm such a fan of both, both of those guys. dudes. Yeah, both guys. And I BJ love to me BJ is, Penn, man. I, 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 for me, BJ is Jordan. Just because of what One he's of the done, how he's gone up and down, yeah. there ain't no fight. He's you know that's why some yeah. cats that I just can't. I mean, as much as I, I'll, I'll, I won't get in the octagon with any of them. <laughs> but is, if you ain't gone up and down and moved around and fought, you know, the guy above you and the guy below you, you know, it's kind of like you ain't BJ Penn. One thing about BJ is BJ's clean. You know, BJ BJ's not taking juice to to go up and wait. When BJ went up and wait, he ate donuts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. BJ ate cheeseburgers and shit and fought Leota Machida yeah. with a big belly. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, he's 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 legit, you know? Yeah. And so when you go back and you look at, like, all the fighters in, you know that have ever competed in MMA and you look at who's been the most courageous, most willing to fight anybody, he's not a 170. He's so much smaller than guys like Anthony Johnson. It is hard to even wrap your head around the fact that they could ever be considered in the same weight class. Yeah. The fact that those guys can somehow or another be in the same weight class is – Utterly, completely ridiculous. And Johnson just moved up to 85 for his next fight, finally. But BJ's never really been a 170. He's really, his natural weight should probably be like 160, 165, somewhere around that. And he can cut to 155, but it's miserable. But he, at 170, they're just too big. It's just a physical, mm-hmm. like when he fought John Fitch. It was a good fight for the first two rounds. The third round, Fitch just overpowered him, over-wrestled him, got a hold of him, and beat him up for like the, first, the, you know, the last few minutes of the fight, which is a yeah. beating. You know, but BJ's an all-time, all-time great, without a doubt. That guy's a savage, you know? You go back and watch some of his early fights, watch, you know, watch his fight with Diego Sanchez. Holy shit. When he got in that kind of shape, when he was with the Marinoviches, and he was just apparently the, the, the training that they were putting him through, though, was, like, so bad he couldn't get home. He couldn't pick up his baby. Like, he would get home from, from training, and he had nothing left. He had nothing. Right. And they would just break him. Because the whole idea is your body's got to get the signal. Like, listen, bitch, we're doing this every day. You need to speed up these cycles. You need to get us on some, like, high-level shit right now. We need to pick up the pace. We need to fucking make our heart rate lower. We need to fucking make our muscle tissue regeneration quicker. And the only way to do that is to break dudes down, you know. And the guys like the Marinoviches, they'll put you through something that you wish you were dead. And so BJ got at the end of that, man, was just a super athlete. When he went out against Diego Sanchez. That was crazy. in-shape BJ Penn like that? God damn that. BJ Penn with abs? That's scary as fuck. That's scary as fuck. But you can't keep that going for so long. You can only keep that going for so long. That's hard. It's hard to keep that kind of pace, that wishing you were dead for eight weeks out of every training cycle. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm just talking shit. I don't even appreciate it on the level that he has because he went through it. But that guy at that shape, in that shape... That that BJ Penn I put up against almost anybody in the history of that division. No doubt, it's a crazy sport, man. 
It's the most guttural real sport of all time, right? You've been I, ringside for a lot of them, man. I've been. I mean, there was a period where I didn't miss one. You know yeah. what I mean? Till y'all started taking it overseas, I was <laughs> I was there. Um, you know, it just uh, I'm just a fan. I mean, the the way that even happened was I was doing a show in Boston at like Tweeter Center or something, and Dana and Chuck Liddell walked by, and I I really wasn't familiar with Dana yet, but I was like Chuck Liddell, and he was like yo, and he was like Everlast, and Dana was like oh Everlast, you know, I was like it's like yeah, I'm Dana White, I, you know, it was you know relatively soon after the takeover, you know what I mean, and he was just like oh any fights you come to, and I had to gone to like one or two fights on my own. But I was like, sure, and I called him like a week later. Like there was a fight. I was like, I'm gonna come to Vegas, and he put me ringside, and it was like I was hooked, man. It was a wrap. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh man, this is the life. Yeah, it's so fun to watch him live, man. To be right there and watch history. I love watching place. like the Unleashed on Spike and be like, I'm there. I'm right. I'm there at that fight. I'm right there. <laughs> fights are a lot MMA of great fights, fights are one of the few things I can watch over again, even though I know the outcome. I'm getting to you probably know? a good fifteen, twenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least, yeah. Somebody keeps going off, man. That we might be me, man. We haven't figured out the culprit. Well, this, I'm pretty sure this last one was me. Yeah. The the horrors of being connected to the world all the time. Is everything cool in the wonderful world of Everlast? You know. What is it like having a, 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 a an extra name, you know? I mean, I want to say a fake name because that's your real performance name. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you I've know, always just If been you know named. me, you know, you call me by my – I'm just – my folks call me Eric. Unless it's – if somebody's comfortable calling me Everlast, like, in a personal situation or Ev or E, whatever, it doesn't bother When me. you're at the store, do people say, hey, Eric – does no, anybody ever say hey, Eric? not if they don't know me. It's always Everlast. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> or so Whitey like, Ford. <laughs> a lot of people call me Whitey Ford because really? that album was called Whitey Ford. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, oh, that's kind of cool. Know, yeah. So I'm I'm cool with that. You cool with Whitey Ford or Everlast? Yeah. But you can't call you Eric until you get to know you. Well, you can call me that. I'm just saying. It's like not most people like you know, walk up to you like, hey, Eric, how are you doing? You know, you're like I would think that the Eric, I love what it's like. Do that, <laughs> yeah. Eric. I jump around. Hey, Eric. Uh, I would yeah. think they would want to do that to you know get themselves in deep quick. Like, listen, I know your real name, bro. Eric. Do you have people go? We please jump for me or shit like that? Well, no, no. <laughs> 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 Apparently, you haven't spent too much time in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. It's that test market town when they got everybody on fucking ether. In green boxes. That's funny. Yeah, indeed. No, listen, I, don't get, I don't get much trouble. Listen, man, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, it's been a, totally. a lot of fun. Hey, man, anytime, dude. an honor. You know what I mean? I was getting hollered at on Twitter about it, like, you need to do Joe's show. And I was just like, yeah, Joe, I need to do your show. What's up? Everybody needs to buy this record. That's what's up. It's not a record anymore. The CDs now. Is CD. it on iTunes as well? Yeah, it's on iTunes. Where I got mine. It's called mm -hmm. Ungrateful Living. Songs of the Ungrateful Songs Living. Songs of the Ungrateful Living. Yeah. And uh, the single that we played was I Get By. And yeah. I'm going to listen to that on the way home. Man, I can't wait. Yeah, that's, what it's, is it's an album, actually. It's my house. I know you heard it before. But it's true. Come on. What you afraid of? They got a lot more than they bargained for. They got a lot more than they was anticipating. Started off loving, winded up hating. Remember back when we were very first dating? You said, baby, be patient, cause I'm all about waiting. I'm not your overnight sticking mood boozy. You gotta prove your love for That's a fun really one. We're gonna shoot a video for it. Yeah? Is that your next single? No. no? That'll probably be a, after the next one. 
we're gonna. I'm trying to shoot a video for a bunch of the songs, like even songs that ain't singles. You know what I mean? It's that it's that era where you could just shoot a video and put it on YouTube. It doesn't have to be a single. You can yeah, film, you can film awesome? it on your iPhone. Yeah. It's an awesome time, man, to just put shit out there. In certain ways, it is. In certain ways, it's not. In certain ways, it's not. Well, in certain ways, it's not. It's for record yeah. sales, right? Record well, sales kind of going out the, the window. The problem right? is there's no moral connection to the stealing. Right. Like, I believe if people really understood that, look, I mean, I'm working on a completely independent level here. I still spent probably a good hundred grand getting this record together and put out and all that. You know what I mean? And, you know, let alone any advertising or whatever else. Right. Like, publicist I got to hire or this or that or the other. You know, that's on top of that. You know what I mean? So it's like. When you don't buy the music, you you hurt. It's like you know you're killing it off. You're gonna you know what I mean. So I'll keep making it. You know what I mean. But sooner or later, it's gonna just be like, man, why bother? You you know, I'll just make it for myself and give it to my homeboys and whatever. You know. People don't feel that they're doing anything wrong because you don't you don't feel anything. You click some links and then you get it and then. I used to make a joke like, yo, it's cool. As long as like when I come to your, you could download all my music for free. That's cool. As long as like you know, hey man, just leave a key under the mat at your crib and when i come to town i can come make a sandwich and sleep on the couch and borrow the car and drive myself to the gig and come back afterwards take a shower and have another sandwich before i leave town and we're good i could live like that you know what i mean if people would be so willing yeah. to be so generous at the, that's at the least man i mean throw me a buck you eric know what you mean? can always come over to my house i heard the most retarded argument the other day on my message board about about why uh, pay-per-views, why should you, you should be able to stream illegal UFC pay-per-views. And the guy said, if someone wants to call themselves the champion of the world, then everyone should be allowed to watch it. I'm like, what kind of a stupid fucking justification of that is that for, for, for stealing a product that someone spent millions and millions of dollars to create and produce for the sheer the, the reason to sell it? To people who enjoy it and buy it willingly, but you think you you should be allowed to steal it because the championship of the world should be free for everyone to see it. That is the most amazing justification. Like the fact that people were willing to they're willing to paint the most ridiculous scenario possible, like that you would logically accept, just in order for them to not pay. Yeah, yeah. I can steal. There's nothing. It doesn't hurt them in the long run. You know, it's the whole internet. It's like. If I really enjoy it, people, I'll go out and buy it. People but I ask need to me, test it first. <laughs> some people have asked me, like you know that 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 question: uh, what, what, could, what if you had one wish or one thing you could do to improve the world? What would it be? And I tell people all the time: I'd completely erase any knowledge, history, or knowing of the internet whatsoever. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I was like, I was like, because for every good thing you could find on the internet, I'll find you one thousand like slimy, fucked up, dirty uses for the thing you know what i mean immoral stealing yo it used to i, I forget i hope i'm not stealing one of your bits here because i, I there, there might even be a dave Chappelle thing where it's like yo there used to be where you didn't like if a dude liked to fuck pigs in high heel shoes he had to keep that shit to himself back in the day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I know somebody else has said things of this a nature. A lot of people have. We all have, all right. really. But with the internet, it's like now uh -huh. they all are together and grouping and moving to a town near you to, so they can all fuck animals. <laughs> you know I mean? We were just talking about this. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily all bad, though. I think for everybody. I didn't say I, all bad. There's, I, a, there's a few really, I mean, there's a lot of really good, amazing uses for the technology. But for every one of those, there's a thousand. And horrible, despicable, rotten ones. I don't know if that's true. I, I I agree with you that there's a lot of fucked up shit out there. Absolutely, life's gonna be better when the 
lights go out, man. Trust me. I don't Just think have so. a few guns. I think we're learn how okay. to skin a deer. I think the lights are gonna and go. how to make jerky. The lights are probably gonna go on permanently. I think we're eventually going to evolve past this carbon life data stage and move into some sort of a symbiotic relationship with the internet. It's going to be some computer connection. You're part of the Borg? On, yeah, is that what it real, is? The Borg? It's 100%. It's going to happen. That's what. That's the direction. <laughs> is that the right thing? You got a fuck, this, dude, you got a titanium heart valve. Yeah, I got and alien you're, technology. And you're talking dude. about Borg. And yeah, dude. That shit is real, right? It's real, dude. It it's is as gonna, real as it gets, man. There's going to be some time where I'm you're going to be able to real download Steve yourself. Austin shit right now. You are, dude. How long is that going to last? Do you have to replace Well, the that reason they, they went with the titanium is because it'll last forever. Like, a lot of older wow. folks, they would use, like, even a pig valve. Um, wow. And if I had the pig valve, I wouldn't have to take the blood thinners, cause, but those would also have to be, like, every 10, 15 years, you have to redo it. Get a new pig. And I ain't You're really like, trying to get cracked open. How many any, times do you get cracked open? Nine, ten? At, at my age, it probably could have. If I lived a nice long life, it would have been at least two more. Oh, Jesus. You know, and I'm hoping, you know. I, they, I, I look at it like, you know, sooner or later, because just the history and what's going on me, I'm probably going to have to have some sort of surgery in that department again at some point. Do you but, watch your diet? To a certain degree, not, I'm not a nut. I mean, I'm, I'm actually me and the wife are on a new, you know, health food kick right now. Health food, but healthy food kick right now. Trying to lose a little uh, weight and get a little healthier. I started drinking kale shakes every morning. My friend Kevin James, you know who he is, the actor, comedian uh-huh. dude from Zookeeper. He lost 80 pounds preparing for this MMA movie. He plays a, an MMA fighter, former college wrestler. Was oh, that right? Yeah. Good movie, man. And uh, Kevin lost a fuckload of weight. And one of the ways he did it was by drinking these kale shakes every day. Started, he became a complete vegetarian. Uh, everything vegetable-based, everything that he was eating. And he, he started off his day every day with shakes. There was like a, a, a Vitamix blender. He would blend in cucumbers and kale and celery and, and like a pear and some ginger and blend it all up to this big, thick, green stuff and then just drink it. Because it's like way more vegetables than you would ever eat. You're never going to sit down and just eat all that in right. the serving. But, boom, you get all the nutrients, you get all the, and it cleans out your whole intestinal tract, it moves everything along, and this motherfucker just started looking fantastic and dropping weight and just looking healthy, and so I started doing it, and I started doing it after I, uh, I, I did this thing. It's amazing, man. You feel great. Like, you have good nutrients in your body. It's amazing how good your body will actually feel, but I'm such a self-sabotaging motherfucker. I, like, look at that kale shake. And then I know there's a little cabinet right there where there's some peanut butter and chocolate um, uh, protein powder. And I'll throw a banana in there and some almond milk and some honey. And I'll make my protein drink, my morning protein drink, which is delicious. Mm. But not quite what I need. It's mm. not what I need. What I really need is these vegetables. But there's a self-sabotage mechanism inside the head that like lets you know, yeah, but the indulgent thing is to have a yummy fucking protein yeah, shake right now. I just don't understand how we're, we, you know, we've done all this crazy things with life but we still couldn't figure out how to make something that really was good and yeah. healthy and wonderful for you taste just as amazing as like a f- <laughs> I'm a you know like you talk about vegetarians like man that's but every once in a while I just gotta have like a steak or a five guys burger or you know I agree I agree I just that's <laughs> like what it is I gotta yeah. I'm, a, I'm a carnivore yeah I'm a big fan of that five guys oh, no. burgers 
I found out there's a one in Thousand Oaks I go to. God damn, that place is good. Yeah. Oh, you get it with the jalapenos, the double cheeseburger with the jalapenos you're, and bacon, that's son. What I'm Come about. on. I'm talking about it. How could you not? What do you think you're going to live forever? Do you no, not want to feel those moments? Not want to experience? Be, Just drink your kale shake and that. That's what's important. It's a balance. You got to give yeah, yourself little treats. Like on my rider when I do a show, you know what I mean? Like there's, I don't, I'm not really crazy about uh, like all these demands and shit, but there's one that I make sure the road managers get across to the tour club or promoter or whoever that's this one's serious there's got to be at least a six pack of ice cold coca-cola in glass bottles and only yellow skittles and that's it that's, that's my it. that's my big and a bottle of jameson that's usually my only other demand just coca-cola in glass bottles in a glass in an ice cold in a glass bottle and that's that's, awesome. that's one of them things like when you're drinking it's like that's um, and you just mm. like that while you're on stage before you go on stage? no i have whiskey on stage most of the time how fucked up do you ever get on stage? You Not ever get that just fucked lit? up, no. no. I usually don't drink that much at all before a show. I'll have maybe a drink. And then whatever I'm drinking on stage, usually I'm sweating out. Like, pretty much as I'm drinking. Quickly, right? It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people don't really understand that. How can you drink a couple shots and then do a then show? And even then after sober? the shows, I can, because the adrenaline's been going and I've already had a few drinks, but it's sweated out. I mean, you kind of get a tolerance. I, I don't really ever get that drunk anymore. It's... I'm, I drink whiskey like a grown man should drink whiskey now. You know what I mean? I get a little, oh, this is where I should be, and let me chill right now. This is the perfect spot. That is a man's drink, too. So like, if you're going to say what's a man's drink, you, you know, you can fuck around with tequila. Tequila probably means you're a little irresponsible. You know, you might not have the best conversational skills. And they say, what's a grand tequila, tequila is like the, uh, the, 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 <laughs> the date rape uh, pill. <laughs> the date rape pill of alcohol. You know? <laughs> yeah, more people like blame fucked up shit on tequila than any other booze. You ever see that Jim Brewer bit? Jim Brewer had a bit about milk mixing alcohol, a hilarious bit, a bit about his stomach is like a party, and he's like throwing all these big different things, you know, like a German beer, an American beer, and, you know, he's throwing all this shit down, and then at the end of the night, tequila comes in, and it's like all these Mexicans showing up to the party going, come on, we're not going to stand no trouble, why should let us in, and he's like, yo, fuck this, that. everybody out, not that way, the way you came in, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is bit. It's a fucking funny bit, man. But that's what it, it gets down to the tequila. Like, yeah, that's the most irresponsible beverage is tequila. A whiskey is you guys want to have some whiskey? Let's have a glass of whiskey. You know, we can sit and have a glass of whiskey like men and sip some whiskey. Yeah. Even if you want to do shots of whiskey, it's a goddamn cowboy drink. You want to, you know. Yeah, people get shot over that. Over whiskey. You know, yeah. Duels get challenged yeah. over, with whiskey. <laughs> Isn't there some places, there's some places in the country where duels are still legal? I think it's Arizona. I think really? Arizona's loped out, bro. Arizona doesn't give a fuck. You know, they'll they put you in pink underwear and make you work in a chain gang. Yeah, that's, that guy's funny. <laughs> Sheriff Arpaio. Yeah, that guy. He's funny. funny if you hate freedom. That, that guy's an anti-civil liberties piece of shit. Yeah, I think he's hilarious. I mean, I'm not kinda, condoning it, but putting guys yeah. in pink underwear. It is jail. hilarious. If you don't get arrested. It is definitely hilarious. That's I mean, some pretty like, crazy shit. You yeah. know what I mean? He's sending a message. And overall, he's probably right, right? Overall, the, the, the mass amount of those fucking people need a kick in the ass. Yeah, you know, you're in jail. Something got you there. I mean, I'm yeah. sure, hey, I'm sure there's some guys there that are there wrongfully accused and got the bad end of the system. Unfortunately, but huh? most of those guys were... Doing some math or making some math, <laughs> <laughs> and did something that they fucked up somehow. How many people in jail you think are for math? <laughs> I'd say a good, 
At least half. <laughs> At least half. Half is meth-related. Half. Maybe violence induced by meth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many of those arrests, like if someone gets arrested for some crazy violent crime, do they test him for meth or do they ask him? All the cops episodes I've seen, they ask them outright, are you doing meth? And most of them <laughs> say, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a truth serum to a certain degree. Man, when you watch that show, you ever watch that show Breaking Bad? No, but I, I've been. It's one of them things that I've been meaning to get on God, and like damn. iTunes it on the next tour bus ride. I got addicted to it while I was getting uh, this my my right tattoo. I I I, I watched it every time on the iPad, and God damn that show is good. Yeah, Danny Boy swears that show's amazing. <laughs> but it's all about meth, man. You yeah. see, you peer into that world. You're like, how extensive is this? What a crazy virus this is on the American public. This crazy meth problem, and you wonder how deep is it? How close is this to me? Is well, this in yo, your neighborhood? Dog the bounty hunter makes like a whole franchise business out of like yeah. ice's meth. Yeah. Like yeah. all his crime all that stuff is ice related. Yeah, they apparently have a real Everybody they want Hawaii. everybody either they beat up their woman or they're doing meth. <laughs> it's one or the other. Isn't that fucked up that that shit made it to Hawaii? That it's a bigger problem on a paradise island. I mean, Hawaii is a goddamn paradise. Like, when people don't realize, like, you watch that show Lost, oh, they're on paradise. You know what they really are? Hawaii. Yeah. That's what they are. That's what it looks like. Hawaii looks like that. It's a goddamn tropical rainforest that's a volcano that just erupted out of the middle of the ocean. And it's amazing. Yeah. And meth made it there. Yeah. That's incredible. Meth makes it everywhere. Yeah. What a... Well, motherfucking... Meth will... You know, you, 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 those cats will keister anything, man. You know what I mean? <sighs> <laughs> I, I had a buddy. I had a buddy whose girl had a meth problem. It was a horrifying thing to watch, man. Scary to watch someone who's a, like a meth person. Like you, like it's like almost like a vampire or something. You got to get away from them. You got to move yeah, away. Yeah, they stay up long enough too. They start seeing like shadow people and crazy <laughs> bugs on their skin and all kinds of craziness, dude. And it's nuts that it's made out of cold medicine. They gotta. You know go what's nuts to me <laughs> is that like. You're doing a drug and like you've lost six teeth already quickly on this drug and you just decide that you're cool with that. I think it's just what like, I would like to think at some point I would find myself going like, yo, that's like the fifth tooth of mine to just not fall out right away. You would think that, but I think it's just like that aquatic worm and that grasshopper. I think that meth gets into your system, and then all of a sudden it's almost like it's a symbiotic relationship. You need that meth. They need it every day. Oh, yeah. If they don't get it every day, they're fucked. Like, when you're in the throes of addiction, you have a relationship with this fucking chemical, whatever the hell it is. You know, it is just like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a failed symbiote is what it is. It's a parasite that's a failed symbiote. It's forcing you into a relationship. Jesus. Powerful Everlast. That's the end of the show. Let's just end it right there. It's perfect. We'll let the universe decide that 6 p.m. is the wrap-up time. Yes, sir. This has been like a three and a half hour podcast or something. Well, you're going to edit that up, man. No, we don't. The we government. Don't edit the, shit. Oh, you're going to leave the government shut down in there and everything? It's, first of all, it's live. It's always streamed live, so we can't edit it. And then, because uh, people can stream it. I think that's the most responsible way to do it. Yeah. I think if you say something, you should say what you believe. And if you say it, everybody should be able to hold you accountable for it. There you go. So there. And that way. Let me just remember all the people I made fun of today. Uh, listen, <laughs> you're a beautiful human being, and I'm glad we're yeah. friends. And I'm glad <laughs> to hang out with you. I've always had a good fucking time with you. 
You're a, a bad motherfucker when it comes to music. I'm a, a huge fan, and I'm glad we're friends, man. Likewise, brother. Thank you for having me in, in anytime, man. I'm local. Let's do it again, baby. We're yeah. doing it again. Songs. Let's bring me in next time with like somebody else, too. Like I want like okay. Pat Oswald or one of these cats, man, because yeah. I'm a fan. You, I'm a how fan. about you tell me who you want, and I'll, I'll organize. That's a great idea. Ice House Chronicles. See, That's yeah. a great idea for future shows, too, yeah. to bring in guys that are fans with guys, yeah. like guys that we yeah. know that are fans of each other. That's a great idea, man. Yeah, dude. Dude, Pat Oswald's dude. David we'll Tell, any of those kind of dudes. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I love. I got almost. You know, I follow a lot of comedians on Twitter. Man, I know just you because do. that's 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 the fun. I think that's what I, I, tw like Twitter for comedians to me is is like they win. They yeah. just win because we have a good time on Twitter. It's the most fun. Yeah. I love it. I love Twitter, man. My Twitter feed is super positive. It's unbelievably yeah. positive. I just love like, writers that just put random shit out there, like to just. They wouldn't necessarily put on whatever show they're working for. Or, right, right, right. They just know. fuck around and say yeah. something on Twitter. Yeah, you can get away with everything on there. But it's just, if you put out good energy, though, man, you can collect a group of people that also have positive energy. Oh, see, I'm stupid, too, I'm man. OG Everlast. You need, that's a Twitter of my address. I never, I never, no, but I'm saying I never, I never promote it, so I just oh. said it. I never, oh, well, ever say it on anything. Well, I've been pushing it all day, so okay, I guarantee you you, you'll get a bunch of new Twitter followers. Everybody, follow and OG Everlast. Yeah, tweet more. I, got yeah, like, tweet I think more, I got like man. 600 followers now. Tweetings. I love tweeting, man. I got like 600 followers. No, you got more than that. I'll tell you right now. What you <laughs> I'll tell you what you have right now. Hold on a second. Here we go. You have uh, 8,296. Awesome. You got more than 200. Tweet right more, now. though. <laughs> you never t you tweet like once. Yeah. Once See, yo, I, mean, I used to have my, my Twitter address used to be Mr. Whitey Ford. I had like 30, 40,000, and then I just got frustrated one day. I quit Twitter. Why? Because I quit Twitter, man. What was it? Something fuck you up? No, just take. I, I quit everything. I, I was just like, fuck all this shit. It was oh. like the equivalent of throwing your pager out the window back in the day. You know what I mean? It was just like. <laughs> I, <laughs> tired of people reaching you. I was Leave tired of fuck it. Alone. I was tired of it. You know what? I, I might quit Twitter again, but I'm gonna for now, it's OG. I'm going <laughs> to bring you back. If you quit, I'm going to bring you back. It's okay. This is my feelings on all this shit. There's a lot of negativity involved in the internet, but if you continue to push positivity, I really do believe that's the majority Abs of absolutely. what you get back. Absolutely. And it benefits everybody. It benefits me. I benefit a lot from my Twitter followers. I would never quit. There's no fucking way. I, I enjoy being in contact with all these different people. I enjoy... I, I enjoy this medium. I, I think it's an amazing m moment in time. I learn a lot from people, man. People send me tweets and links and shit, and I go, God damn. I mean, I learn about scientific experiments. I learn about psychological experiments. I learn about art. I learn about music. I learn about shit that well, I Well, that's why I follow you. <laughs> well, I retweet everything they send me, man. Any, anything that gets my interest, I retweet it. And I, there's never been a resource like that before where you get, have this amazing direct communication with everybody. With this podcast and with Twitter, like, you know, I've never had this sort of a, a communication with people. And I, I firmly believe, I really do believe this, that you can control the vibe of that. And, you know, and right now the vibe of it that we're putting out is like, you know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But the ethic behind it all is a be a good person, be a cool person, be fun to hang out with, be nice to people. You can push out that positive energy. And it's not fruity and it's not weak. It's love. And it's t it, you have to be strong to really put out love. And you can really put that out. And you can put that out to half a million people or a million people. And they realize that. And they become accustomed to this wave, this wave. Of, and that's the shit that can change the world. The shit that can change the world is people just accepting a different operating system. Accepting a different wavelength. And you put that shit out there. You put that shit out there on Twitter with OG Everlast.
and right. red band. Dude, did you think of that in the in the in the flotation chamber? Yeah, I thought of that right now. That was beautiful, man. Thank you. That it's was just in the moment. I'm in the moment, baby. Uh, it was beautiful. Man. I'm inspired by Everlast. It was beautiful. <laughs> there was beauty in that. Well, listen, coming from a man who wrote Everlast songs from the ungrateful living of the of the ungrateful living. It's it. not hard to be hard. It's hard to show love. It is hard to show love. It is. It's difficult to it's show not weakness. gangster to be hard. It's gangster to show love. It's one of the reasons why good-looking people are very rarely funny. It's because they, they don't have the ability to make fun of themselves. They don't, they don't understand that sometimes but you are such a, a handsome man. I'm a little goofy looking. Yeah. You know, lost a lot of hair. I'm getting a little fat as I got older. You know, got some questionable tattoos. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I got pouty lips, though, and I got a big dick and a lot of personality, like Joey Diaz says. Cocksuckers, by the way, New Year's Eve has just changed. Duncan Trussell dropped out because he got a, some sort of a virus in his vagina. Duncan Trussell is no longer at our New Year's show. Sure, On a three-day notice, one. Duncan has a vagina problem. Please Can I do five tweet, ju- tweet Duncan and let him know that there's an issue with backing out on his loyal fans for New Year's Eve for some vagina-related incident. <laughs> How dare you, Duncan? But Duncan will still be at the Chicago Theater with me and Joey Diaz, a.k.a. Mad Flavor. And that is January 27th. Don't sleep because tickets are almost sold out. Chicago Theater, January 27th. They just opened up the top balcony. Scramble for those tickets, bitches. It's going to be crazy. Duncan Trussell will be with that. We're going to allow him to skip out on his New Year's obligation like some sandy vagina little wench man, little sad boy, unable to control his own destiny, lacking the testicular fortitude to enforce his own agenda. Everybody's got to get their loads out somehow. So I don't hate on Duncan, but I need you to know. And what you did is weak as fuck, <laughs> and people will not forgive you. You missed out on our fantastic 2012 New Year's experience. There's less than a year left to the end of the world, according to the Mayan calendar. And what do you want to do? You want to hang out with your chick in San Francisco? Tweet this motherfucker and let him know what's up. Anyway. Um, and I have a show Friday at the Ice House. Ice House Friday? IceHouseComedy.com. Search for Death Squad. And there's and some funny people on the show that we can't mention their name because they're contractually obligated to not promote But I'm going to get super high with Brody Stevens. Oh, it's super high you or super high? Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. So that guy might be. What? What? That's um, a anyway. double. Uh, follow Death Squad on iTunes. That's the uh, iTunes podcast that contains all the Death Squad Chronicle or the Ice, Ice House Chronicles which is the podcast that we all do um, with all the comics that come and do shows here at the Ice House. There's some of the best podcasts ever, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think mean, they're great. It's, it's just, like hanging out in a green room during a live comedy show. It's a it's real green much. room experience. Everybody's coming. Everybody's lit. Joints are being passed around. Everybody's telling crazy stories from their childhood. I mean, it's, it's, it's great shit, and it's free. It's all free. Yep. Thanks to uh, The Fleshlight for sponsoring the podcast. Go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link for The Fleshlight. Enter in the code name Rogan and you will get 15% off number one sex toy from me. And thank you to Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com. Makers of Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune, and New Mood. All these different cognitive enhancers that are available online at O-N-N-I-T.com. Click on the link, enter in the code name Rogan, and get yourself 10% off. Thanks to Everlast, my friend, for showing up. And thanks to uh, him for putting out his album independently. And you get this, get this shit on iTunes. You can get the, where's your website? Do you have a website? Uh, Martyr Inc. Martyr Inc. Dot com. Yeah. Y R. M A R T Y R. M A R T Y R. I N C. Martyr's a tough word to spell. Or yeah. Martyr, actually, it's Martyr 
underscore. Yeah, you need to change ink. that. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, somebody else had it and doesn't even use it. Martyr underscore ink dot com. Yeah, yeah, Martyr Ink. Just Google okay. like Murder Inc., but Martyr Inc. Well, just get it on iTunes. Don't be so averse yeah, to Apple products. Or Songs of the Ungrateful Living. Get that shit. And this is a song called Gone From Good From It. And this, is, this is the end of the podcast. We love you, Dirty Freaks, and we'll see you next week when it will be a new year. Won't it be? It will be. The new year. 2012 is the next time I'm going to see you. I love you guys. Don't change. Or do. Depending on how you feel, you should do. I got a dope feeling. Got a cocaine pain. Got a vodka digit, I got shit for brains. Got a hard luck woman, got a few good friends. Got a couple nice hustles that'll get you some ends. Got an old man's soul, got a heart of gold. Got a brand new shovel, dig me out of this hole. Got a whole lot of nothing, I'm ready to give. I need a whole lot of loving, girl, I'm eager to live. It go one for the money, two for the show. I got a one trip pony, you can ride her slow. 